if you can get your foundations right naturally and help support each of these body systems and recognize it for your individual horse, you're going to get them to achieve their ability and thrive in that environment. You don't want to have that flare up in three or four years' time become something very chronic that's that's possibly you know irreversible, and then be spending thousands, if not. Welcome everyone to episode 115 of the Send Nutrition Podcast with your host Brian and Peter today. And today's topic is what is a balanced diet and how it can save you money. How are you, Peter? Brian, extremely well. It's it's another Friday. Um, I think, geez, this one might be here for three days. This one, like, where do we start? Yeah, I think we could open up a can of worms here, but what our ultimate goal is, is to explain why balanced diets are important and how it can give you an extra few dollars in your pocket because then you're not wasting money on additional supplementations. As we said in our previous podcast, there's so much information out there in the industry and it's just, it's not funny. What we're trying to address today is that balancing your diet is most likely the most important thing and the most cost-effective thing you can do for your horse because if you get the balance wrong over time, you're most likely going to create some sort of deficiencies where you might not see it today or tomorrow or next month or next year. But if you're planning to keep that horse for X amount of years, where a lot of horse owners do, you don't want to have that flare up in three or four years' time become something very chronic that's that's possibly you know irreversible and then be spending thousands, if not tens of thousands, in, in vet bills to try to rectify a problem that might not be able to get rectified. Yeah, 100%. Peter, and where we start with all this is the National Research Council has those minimum nutrient levels for a horse just to survive, and that can be varied between what workload they're in, what type of horse they are, whether it's for breeding or really high performance. But what these levels are set out and their ballpark figures is what we're trying to achieve in our foundations every day, but also remembering for their metabolism, their energy production intake and how the horse is growing if they're a young horse, there's a lot of things to consider. And firstly, these balanced diets had to have to be very individualised and it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, 100%. And as our listeners know what Brian just mentioned, when we created our diet, which is at Sen, what we sell as a balanced diet, we don't just sell individual products. We worked off the NRC with different nutritionists that, that we worked with to make sure that we're at least following some sort of foundation, some sort of guidelines that we're not plucking numbers out of the sky and then saying, well, you know, this is the best thing since sliced bread. So there is a, you know, there is a base that we started with and we try to adhere to, if not exceed on a lot of, on a lot of our products in terms of like the zinc, you know, we've got about 700 milligrams of zinc per kilo in our grain-free. This is why we can have such a low feed rate because we don't skimp on the vitamins and minerals where some of the other companies, they'll put a very low amount where you have to feed the five or six kilos to hit that 700 milligrams. I mean, that's just one example. Yeah, well said, Peter. What we're trying to achieve is to balance what we have in the foundations in the Australian soil conditions with the forage available. And our forage or pasture that we feed our horse must be balance because it has its deficiencies it has its shortfalls and when you take into account the breed workload the age and the health status of your horse you need to try and get these levels in their optimal number for them to thrive in their chosen discipline Brian, too many people, and we get this almost every day, are wasting so much money, you know, looking for supplements to miraculously fix a problem they would never have if the diet was correct in the first place. 100%. We see this at least once a week in the office when 
we do have a confused horse owner. The horse is not looking their best and we start riding. And this riding nearly goes off the page with what they're adding to try and balance. And, and then what we see is what they're trying to counteract and they just don't know where they stand with how balanced it is because there's so much noise and, and smoke and mirrors in the industry. Brian, the golden child of the supplements are the hoof supplements as an example. And the best of them are trying to fix a common hole in equine diets. Yeah. It's it's that simple. It, and but the other thing about the hoof the hoof supplement is that it won't happen overnight. Like the hoof growth happens over many months, just under a year for the, for the whole hoof to, to grow out. So they're looking for that magic wand to fix it straight away. But if you supplement this, those additional hoof supplements every month, you're not going to have money to feed yourself in the end. Brian, I want a magic wand that I can just swipe and it'll give me like six bottles of gin at my table now. <laughs> can you find me one? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't think I can help you out there, Pete. But I think when it comes to when you break down the ingredient list of those hoof supplements, yes, we're trying to provide higher trace minerals, higher biotin as well. But when you look at a complete feed or a quality complete feed that is fed consistently week in, week out, you're going to try and match that or if not better than just grabbing that that additional supplement on top. Brian, I'm sure there's there's some listeners out there going, all right, wise guys, yeah, you know, you're talking about a balanced diet. I want to know what is a balanced diet and where do we start with a balanced diet? So a truly balanced diet is one that matches the environment or that requirement of one to one point five percent of roughage per day at a minimum for your horse. So the profile of your hay and pasture is going to be the most amount of nutrients going into the horse. And this can be unbalanced because of the iron levels in the Australian soils. All the pastures and all the haze are higher in iron, low in zinc, lower in copper and other trace minerals. Plus they are higher in potassium, low in sodium, lower in chloride. So we've got to recognise that the haze and pastures that we have in Australia have their shortfalls and we balance these up with products that bring these levels up to sufficient amounts but not overloading the horse so that, that it affects their forage intake, which is the most important part to lower the risk of ulcers and metabolically through their digestive tract health. And, and when you look at your, your pasture or your hay, if you want to be serious about feeding a balanced diet, that needs to be analysed to see where you stand, protein levels especially as well, but also your sugar and starch because you don't want to be doubling up with this and overloading the horse's system. Spot on, Brian. You mentioned what analyze. So a couple of weeks ago, Brian, I went to Victoria, met some customers and, and, and hopefully some potential new customers. And there was a farm we went we went out there to, without naming any names, there was close to 250 horses on, on the property. And we went out there, talked obviously to the, you know, to the management, went through, had the tour. Uh, look, they were feeding four kilograms, five kilograms of a, you know, of a commercial feed, but their pasture w- was knee high and it was, it was greener than Kermit the Frog. So I think the Queensland farms would kill for the, oh, the pasture. It's it was beautiful. like, it made us want to eat it out of the ground. <laughs> it's how nice it was. So 
what Brian was saying is the foundation is pasture or hay. What we did is we, we took samples from four or five different paddocks. Um, we've sent them out to a lab to, to get analysed. And look, they're going to give us the protein, the fat, they're going to give us the iron, they're going to give us the calcium-phosphorus ratio, everything like that. So based on those results, we're going to tailor-make a custom diet for that particular property where most likely or not, they're going to get away with feeding a couple of kilograms possibly just off the grain-free, depending on, on the pasture result. The advantage for them is they can feed once a day, where with the current regime, they're feeding twice a day, so that's extra money they have to pay staff, and over 250 horses, that's a lot of wage bills that are going to be saved. It's also going to be a lower feed rate, so they don't have to have as much feed stored in the property, better for their cash flow. Um, and all we're doing is we're, we're trying to balance the deficiencies in that pasture, whatever they may be, with a, with a vitamin mineral product and then possibly the oil if there is any omega-3 deficiency as well. It's that simple. And what they'll actually find is that the horse is not wasting energy trying to get through that high volume of hard feed and not grazing, which is what their natural instinct is. Yeah, Brian, just further on onto that. So in that particular case, the horse we're getting between four and five kilograms of a, of a commercial hard feed what was happening is that feed was actually bloating their stomachs and stopping them from consuming more pasture, which in hindsight is actually costing the owners a lot of money because the pasture in the ground to a horse is a lot cheaper, but it's also a lot healthier. So what we wanted was we want to turn around that balance where they're not getting four or five kilograms of a hard feed and whatever pasture you know they'll eat once they digest that hard feed, we want the foundation to be the pasture and then we want to give as little of a hard feed as possible to correct any deficiencies in that pasture they have. Yeah, that's very well said, Peter. And when you get this pasture or your hay testing results back, it's not an exact science to balance it up. So what we're trying to say is it's more like bucket science or getting to a better ballpark figure because there's so many factors with with horses their genetic potential in how they absorb these vitamins and minerals, their workload, the way they cope with stress, that can alter nutrient absorption and many other things. But what we're trying to do is supply the horse with high-quality vitamin minerals because they're used in all body systems of the horse, including the immune system, hoof health, skin and coat, and also having a better profile that's lower in sugar, lower in starch, and no unnecessary ingredient is better for their behaviour because if you can get that gut health right, there's that gut-brain connection. And this is really important, especially for the younger horses as they're learning their job or learning their discipline to really take that next step. Yeah, yeah, extremely well summarised, Brian. Um, just one final sort of aspect of, of that farm that will go into our, our next section if, if, um, if some of our customers have got a hay-only diet, which is a lot different to a pasture diet. We, we actually worked out that there's three or four months of the year there where the grass absolutely just goes barren and goes to zero. So what Brian and I recommended was any, any excess pasture they've got, instead of slashing it and let it waste away, actually bale the excess pasture you've got, store it for those three or four winter months, you know, when it does come. So A, you're not changing the hay of the horse. B, you know, it's costing you nothing apart from the slashing and the storage and not and not changing the hay throughout. Like, you know, you might get a bad batch of some sort of hay that's mouldy in a wintertime and you're backwards straight away where if you've bailed your own pasture, you know what the consistency is. We don't have to change the sendite really drastically to try to base it around a totally different hay, which might be high in sugar or, or high in protein. So it's less work for us and it's less work for the farm, but it's more cost effective for the farm as well. So segueing on into Brian, 
if some of our customers are, say it's winter time, they've got no pasture, it's it's bare bone paddocks. What what do I need to look out for if they are going to be on a hay only diet to balance that that diet? So the shortfalls of hay is especially seen in that trace mineral profile and as we touched on before the zinc and copper especially but also one of the big differences between hay and pasture is that omega profile so the high omega-3 in the pasture when it's dried it loses this and the omega-3 is essential for all parts of the horse's body and the horses evolved on that plant-based omega-3 what we've seen in our time in the industry nearly 10 years center has been instrumental at educating people to feed a better oil a more pure oil and and that's comes through the sen oil with the high omega-3 but when you add that to a hay reliant diet you're getting it closer to what we're simulating in nature so for those drought affected pastures or, or farms that when you look at going on that send feed program where you have our hard feeds the low sugar low starch high fiber and also with the sen oil you're bringing up the nutrient deficiencies to what is required for the horse in a more pure way yeah, 100% agree, Bronica, those thoughts. The big thing from my end is when you do switch from your pasture to, to your hay, vitamin E is is, is very important as well because obviously the, the hay has lost that. Brian mentioned the omega-3, but vitamin C too is, is abundant in pasture. Horses can produce their own vitamin C, obviously, if they're getting the right nutrients, but sometimes what they produce is not enough for the stress levels that they have. So supplementation of that you know should be you know what we would recommend and also vitamin a too which is a precursor um carotene that are lost as well yeah 100 agreed peter so a balanced diet it includes the essential nutrients in the right ratios and there's all different rates of absorption but what the send diet does is it brings these ratios into a better state that the efficiencies are seen in the forage and a balanced diet enables a horse to perform at their ability or their ability to thrive in that chosen discipline. It can really lower the risk of issues in the digestive system. And also because 70% of the immune system is found in that hindgut environment, it can really help make a robust immune system, particularly in performance. So when a horse is sick, that's a lot of downtime. So if you can really support the the body and all the pathways with a balanced diet, you're going to have a, a better horse and you're going to have a better experience of horse ownership. Yeah, I think one key advantage that separates San apart from some of our competitors that all of our feeds are very low sugar and starch. I think the maximum we're about 5%. So people might be asking, yeah, well, what's the advantage for me? So if you've got a property that you might have really rich rye hay or you might have you know a you know a barley grass or or even like a rye pasture up to 20% sugar when you're going to be feeding 4 or 5 kilograms of a grain based product on top of the 20% sugar you're asking for trouble. Long term, there will be something that's going to give. The advantage with our feed is being at 5% sugar. You can give two, three, four, five kilos. It's still absolutely safe. Not that you will be giving that, you know, that amount, but what I'm saying is that having high fiber, low sugar, low starch feed, our products are suitable whether you've got a Rhodes grass, which is 5% sugar, or you've got, you know, a barley grass or, or, or barley hay, which might be 25, 30% sugar. 
you don't have that flexibility with any other feed that is grain based. And you might go, oh yeah, but I'm you know, but I'm not feeding much of the hard feed. I'm feeding one or two kilograms. Well, you got to look at the vitamin and mineral levels in those feeds. So if you're feeding two kilograms, where you really should be feeding five or six kilograms to hit the vitamin and mineral requirements per day, then you're going to create a shortfall of vitamins and minerals while you're trying to keep the sugar at bay. That's well said, Peter. And I'll even add on to another aspect of why our hard feeds, the high fiber, low sugar, low starch pellets are different to any others on the market is we don't put an unnecessary oil or fat through that pellet. So you'll find that other companies, they'll try and dilute their sugar and starch content because they're using a vast array of ingredients. We have a fixed ingredient list, but they'll add a cooking oil to their pellet or their I think some look like dog kibble and I just can't understand why they look a bit dead inside the the actual pellet. And what they're doing is when you form a pellet, you're actually heating it and heating an oil is just really oxidizing the fat in it. So at Sen, we choose not to put our oil in our pellet. We've got the raw product and the high fiber profile and we add the oil separately so that's an that's another thing that we pride ourselves on being a more pure ingredient company which actually helps the horse's antioxidant profile so when it comes to vitamin e vitamin c those antioxidants in the body they're meant to be used for recovery and to really help the horse's overall systems but if you're giving them an oxidized oil in the pellet that actually you have to use those antioxidants to help mitigate what they're intaking with the free radical production. So you're actually shortcutting the horse's antioxidant potential. I just tried to put that in a more layman's terms way, but yeah, just no unnecessary ingredients in our pellets. And I think with the thousands of horse owners that feed Sen, I think they'll agree that they're getting the results that they want. I think a lot of people are not aware that the cooking oils that are obviously, you know, inside a pallet, it, you know, gets heated sometimes over 100 degrees. It, as you mentioned, it oxidizes, it causes more problems than what it is good. So some people look at the bag and go, oh, great, it's got an oil in there. I don't have to feed an oil. But you've got to look at it logically. Well, it's like deep frying, you know, your chips and then like you don't get drinking that, that oil after you deep fry your chips or you don't sprinkle that oil onto your salad, onto your Caesar salad, yeah? Yeah, correct. And... Even some companies put an oil on the outside after it's been formed. But look, when you look at how omega-3 breaks down, we want to simulate what's in fresh pasture, which is high omega-3, low omega-6. And all those oils are high in omega-6 to be stable enough. And if not stored correctly, they're going to be slightly rancid or oxidised. And it's just something we don't preach. We want the best, most efficient digestion and and antioxidant support for a horse in performance and the way you feed day in day out is going to reflect on the outside of the horse yep brian you mentioned that performance uh some of our listeners might be listening all right well i'm in i'm in a performance industry you know i compete at a very high level you know all i'm hearing is just you know like high fiber low sugar you know i need the glycogen stores so a balanced diet needs to be custom made as brian mentioned for your particular discipline in terms of high performance horses look we we know they need carbohydrates we know they've got to replenish those glycogen stores brian i recommend oats as the as the best carbohydrate source because we find that that it's it's easier to balance the sun diet 
around around oats themselves. Ideally, crushed oats if you can if you can get them. But that's where we come in and actually you know work on the protein, work on a fiber, work on a carbohydrates. Try to work out what sort of work you're doing, and then balance the diet around the work. Yeah, hundred percent. The trainers that we do consult, they've got that flexibility. You've got the forage, you've got the Sen foundation, the hard feed, the high fiber, low sugar, low starch, and then they adapt their oats level to the horse's response and what they require in whichever discipline they, they're doing. Whether they add a kg here or or half a kg, they know where they, they stand with their sugar and starch load in the diet. It's not hidden within another hard feed. They're not feeding grain over grain. And then they can see how the horse reacts and just adjust it to those levels. So we find that oats, the starch in oats is better digested than corn or the, the traditional barley. So we've had great success with this even at the top level in endurance racing and eventing. And what we what we want to do is just try and individualize the diets for each horse. And then it really does come down to your training and management of the horse to get the best out of them to reach their ability. Oats has got a really bad stigma in industry and I think we've we've done a podcast to, to address this and I think where the industry's gone wrong or where the stigma sort of started was someone might have been feeding, uh, you know, corn and barley and uh, five kilograms of a, of a grain or, or grain byproduct feed and they've added a kilo of oats and the horse has, you know, gone lame or, or you know, it's, it's, it's had feed issues. But you've got to look at how much sugar and starch and carbohydrates and glycogen is in the whole feed rather than just saying oh well this one went and last this is the blame that it's going to get so as an example say our like for our performance trainers our our feed including the oats might be six kilograms and let's just say two kilograms of that is going to be is going to be oats so that's it's, it's around about a 33 percent carbohydrate level we've got trainers just feeding one meal a day in that six kilogram feed and it's absolutely safe because the fiber in the pellets dilutes you know the sugar in the oats so it's absolutely safe where if you try to feed six kilograms of a grain based product like you're going to blow the horse up because they can only really tolerate 2.2 kilograms of of grain in any one sitting yeah there certainly is a stigma in a lot of disciplines like I think Pete when we visit some stables they're separating with the fillies and the mares they're getting an oat free diet because they're at prone to tying up and then the the geldings are getting a different diet that has oats in it it's it's a real big stigma where it's actually the carbohydrate profile that they should be looking at and I just hope within the next five years it actually gets uh, straightened out because I think oats does get a bad rap and I think it does come down to the history that they've had with the tying up and whether it was nutrition related or not, I think oats has just been caught in the middle of it in history. It's very funny like when we have the initial sort of you know conversation, whether it's face-to-face or sort of over the phone and when we do mention that along with, with our feed, you know, we, we recommend oats there's like the most awkward silence or if we're face to face they go they go blue in the face like they're about to pass out and they're like are you sure i said yeah we're sure and like we just explained you know sort of a couple of minutes ago we we go well as long as it's balanced you need the fiber you need everything and and as brian mentioned not sure exactly where the stigma came from but we'd love it just to well someone to tell us why oats mixed with the right amount of fiber right amount of fat is is dangerous yeah well it's not going to cause the tying up, that's for sure. In the research, there's no conclusive evidence that oats causes the tying up. 
it's probably what Peter had explained before. It's the grain over grain over grain that's caused the tying up. But it's also the management of fitness within the horse and whether the muscles are ready for that type of workload because you can put the, the horse into a tying up episode for an unfit horse at a higher workload. I think one thing we can say with our feed, obviously, with having a very low carbohydrate level compared to some of the other feeds is that if one of our customers' horses does tie up, they know that it's not nutritionally related and they you know, they can try to find a root cause with something else knowing that that nutritional box has been ticked. And then you've got the other aspects of electrolyte imbalance. So it's not even related to the feed. It's actually related to other supplements that is required like salt and electrolytes in that performance. Brian, there'll be some listeners out there going, all right, great, so you're advocating a balanced diet. And then they, they might be saying, well, why do you have supplements? <laughs> I wouldn't call salt a supplement, but um, the reason why you put supplements on top of the balanced diet is individualised to that certain horse's requirements. So you've got older horses that have more worn joints. You've got older horses that can't make enough vitamin C because of their stress. As a horse ages, they make less vitamin C to cope and you need that antioxidant support and also immune system support. So when you look at all your supplements, don't look at them until you have your foundations right first. But then supplements can be used in every discipline to get the best out of your horse, to make them more comfortable and to achieve their ability. I think most people that have called sort of myself a Brian or even Jazz or Magellan and they've asked us, look, I've, I've seen one of your supplements, you know, I want to feed it. Can you tell me more about it? They get a bit shocked when we say, well, what's your current diet? Rather than, oh, well, this is what it does. This is, it's going to, it's going to heal everything that you, that your horse has got. Yeah. I, I don't, we don't want you to feed the supplements first. We want to see if we don't need to feed the supplement because I think we do it every week that we're trying to simplify the diet so it doesn't run off the page and be all complicated. We want to really, when someone does come to us with their diets, it is a lot of supplements on a non-balanced foundation. That's what we find. Well, that's why I think, as we mentioned earlier on, that everyone's looking out for, for the magic supplement, whether it's that hoof supplement, but you've got to look at what's causing that problem rather than just trying to treat the symptom. And by getting to that main question, which is the topic for this podcast, you know, what is a balanced diet? As Brian mentioned, if your diet is balanced, you should not need to feed any supplements, barring you've got a you know a performance horse argument's sake, we recommend an extra balance because these horses are trained seven days a week. They're, they're going in extreme stresses, like a lot of travel. That gut basically needs the extra help that is just not enough in the nutrition. But that's like, you know, professional sportsmen taking supplements as well. So that nearly redefines a balanced diet for a performance horse, Peter, because we know a horse in performance has a stressed hind gut, which is affected. So to balance this, you would feed a digestive support supplement like the extra balance that has the live probiotics and other digestive support nutrients so a balanced diet for a horse in heavy work may require for that individual horse a digestive supplement. I think what we're trying to say is that we've created the supplements to stop problems happening on top of our balanced diet rather than created supplements to treat other people's problems that their unbalanced diet has created. Yeah, I, I followed you. I hope our listeners did. <laughs> so like as Brian said, like if it's a performance horse, so for 
we recommend the the scent gold for for obviously for joints for everything like that. If a horse is getting trained every day, the gold we recommend as part of the foundation for the morning feed, and then obviously the extra balance might be for the evening feed, because that horse needs it needs its legs to be squeaky clean and also yeah. needs its gut to be really very healthy. Yeah, and there's a time crunch or timing to all this. You can't have a horse in training. It costs a lot of money in certain disciplines and you need to try and achieve this without going down the medication route. You, you use that in acute conditions that are required, but if you can get your foundations right naturally and help support each of these body systems and recognize it for your individual horse, you're going to get them to achieve their ability and thrive in that environment. As an example, if, if some of our listeners have got, you know, have a healthy elderly horse that's a paddock ornament that's, that's just living its best life, there's no, you know, there might be no need for that horse to get anything but half a kilo of the grain free and the pasture that it's got. You know, we're not going to recommend eight different supplements just to try to clip the ticket of a horse that doesn't need it. Yeah, correct. And there might be older horses that are on say some medications and, and Guy McLean's horse Nugget is probably a very good example of this. He wanted to go down the more natural route to help the arthritis and inflammation in this in Nugget due to all his performances at a young age. And he's had a remarkable results on the Sen Oil, the Sen Gold and that high fiber, low sugar, low starch profile. And that's just one example. When you look at other people's horses, look at your own horse with a fresh set of eyes don't just base it off that other one's experience it's a little bit of trial and error to which supplement you require if any and then but what we're trying to say is a balanced diet with a good foundation you may not need that supplement yeah i think our listeners can sort of sense that we're very passionate about this topic because it's as i said it's not just about trying to make money of of you know of some people's you know misjudgment sort of misguidance and and you know thinking that grain is healthy for horses nine times out of ten we can balance the diet and the horse health returns if we can get it sort of quick enough yeah we want you guys to actually have some money left over to maybe buy more horses or even have a, a better glass of wine at the end of the the day but or brian maybe yourself you know like color and milk <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so brian maybe in your high school days a color and milk a cl- <laughs> That's yeah. That, that's many moons ago, Pete. Uh, a Kahlua and milk, and I think you me, catch me dead with one of them now. <laughs> Maybe a espresso martini um, or a nice gin and tonic. But we we want you guys to to really get a good foundation. Even time thinking about your nutrition. If you can tick that box, and you have more time to think about the management and training of your horse, and spend better time with them. And what we have at Sen is the solution because we've done all that legwork for you, plus provide superior products that are more pure and better for the horse. I think, as you mentioned, some of the listeners out there, if you're if you're feeding multiple supplements to treat a symptom, chances are your diet is unbalanced. If you're if you know if you're feeding multiple supplements and your horse is performing and it's healthy and everything like that, you're probably feeding the supplements for the right reason. So as a rule of thumb, take that as, um, you know, as our sort of parting words. It's very easy to balance a diet. There's, you know, there's different websites that, that offer a service as well. You can put in your pastures, what feeds you feed and everything like that, and it'll give you a green line or a, or a red line. So there's, you know, there's multiple avenues to get that right. There's, 
there's a few independent nutritionists that are that are true independent without them selling their own products to you. So, you know, try to find one if you can. You're probably best going abroad, maybe to America, where they're really independent, not yeah, trying to flog you something at the same time. Yeah, and if you trust what we say, just call our office. And uh, and what we do offer is a free nutrition consult. I think it's probably nearly booked out for the next two months. But Magellan's really instrumental in this. If you have a quick question. By all means, just call the office and one of us will try and answer it. Yeah, we've seen some diets from these independent nutritionists in Australia that have got like 84 different products because it's very hard to balance a diet with the fibre, fat and protein with one company's feeds. And as I said like as I said earlier in a podcast, we sell a balanced diet. We don't sell individual products. What that diet consists of is is our individual products. But looking at these other, you know, these other companies or even these nutritionists that try to balance diets with other companies' products, they're not designed to be fed together. This is why it's very difficult to balance a diet with four or five different companies because each company's, you know, they've got a different mindset. One wants, uh, you know, higher protein. One wants, you know, lower fiber. The other one wants higher carbohydrates. One's really low in zinc. The other one's very high in copper. So it's balancing that. It's, it's like the kernels, herbs and spices. Yeah, and it's not an exact science. You're not going to get it to the exact decimal point, like 0.1 of a gram. You need to look at the horse's response. You need to get your hay and pasture tested if you're suspicious of a full imbalance at the moment. But if you don't go down that way, Sen has a profile that really matches the Australian conditions. And then we work on the response from there with your horse and the symptoms, if not clearing up those symptoms of any conditions. Brian, I think that's pretty much it for today. Anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with any wise parting words of yours? No, I think uh, <laughs> I think the only thing we remind everyone is if you do really like this podcast, share it with your friends. We've had a really good response. People get really motivated to feed right. They get excited about nutrition as well as we hear from some of the phone calls. If you do like it, Spotify, Apple, they've got the star rating system. You can even leave feedback on it. We have a Send Users group on Facebook, which is over 4,000 members. Feel free to join that as well and, and join the conversation. And I think overall we can't thank everyone enough for their support. And do you have anything, Peter? No, Brian, I think you've yep. you've covered everything perfect. Yep, all good. Well, we'll head off to lunch and uh, I think it's a Christmas party season coming up too. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see every, everyone again in, in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, cheers.